Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. Is this okay? Everybody can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh, coming here and visiting the exhibition. Like, also, uh, we are very grateful, me and Jumpet, working with the staff from Sherman Contemporary Art Foundation, and quite happy that actually this project finally happening. Uh, I started the conversation with Jean to exhibit Jumpet's work maybe almost like two years ago, and then start. Uh, last year we were here to see the space and all the research for the preparation and then yeah quite relieved that finally all the installations been up now uh, I'm not sure that everybody here quite familiar with John Pat's work before so I will start uh, today with a little bit of introduction of his artistic practice before this exhibition yeah. Uh, so I knew John Pat almost 20 years ago. So at that time, we were like long, long friends. So I was in high school, and John Pat was still like a uh, student, and also he was. Oh, he called himself yet yesterday as a rock star musicians, local, <laughs> local rock star musicians. So uh, I knew him first as a musician before in, uh, he started also his uh, visual artistic practice. So during that time also that was like just slightly after the period of reformation in 1998 in Indonesia. So we were all like part of this generation who just started from, you know, like we got like the first period of the freedom of expression. And this also redefining also the role of artists in Indonesian contemporary art scene. So as a young student at that time, I witnessed lots of experiments and new exploration of Indonesian contemporary art. It was like, for example, I remember many gigs and sound art and performances happening. So I really feel like become part of this new development of Indonesian contemporary art scene. And Jompet was playing quite important role during that time. So it's kind of like the early stage of the development of new media art in Indonesia also in a way. Like in the previous period, we had already some artists working with video or working with kinetic as you know, maybe you are quite familiar with Harry Dono's work, who's working already with the kinetic at that time. But uh, the generation after that, like John Pat and his friends, like bringing this new media into different uh, visual reality also. So yeah, John Pat started with this kind of sound experiments and uh, performances and then gradually he entered also the visual art scene. So yeah, I think it's quite interesting to see how uh, he experienced to, in, to be involved with many different mediums. Uh, the project that now we are presenting actually part of the, or the continuation from his long-going project called uh, Phantasmagoria. So the, the first period of installation is called uh, Phantasmagoria, and he did this project between 2008 to 2013. So I would like to give you some highlight of this period. So the idea of Phantasmagoria actually based on the notion or the question of identity. So how do you define your identity as Indonesian? And particularly in this case is from the 
Japanese? What is the meaning of being Indonesian and what is the meaning of being Japanese? So many of his installations, like the first installation, he borrows, for example, the uniform of royal soldier, as you can see here. And he collapsed that with many different elements, like the drums to represent the modernity or like the westernization. And also you can tell also kind of like there is the idea of post-colonialism and militarization. And then after the very basic questions about who, what is Indonesian, he started also this uh, installation where he borrows also the form of carnivals. So we had lots of uh, moments where we celebrate things with carnivals in Indonesia, like for example, for the Independence Day or the anniversary of a city or things like that. So like carnival become part of our everyday reality. So like those kind of things, like the costume and everything is not only uh, representing the battle of identity in Indonesian society. There are lots of different uh, social groups. If, as you see, like people who wear the costume as Muslim or as politician or police or military. So it's always like part of this kind of diversity in Indonesia. And then uh, the third period of Pantasmogoria, actually, he started to go deeper into the idea or the notion of history when he started the project to go around the very one of the most important, the first road, actually, the first road being built by Daendels during the Dutch colonialization in Java, so the road that connect the west part of Java to the east part of Java. The great, huh? sorry, we are discussing how to translate <laughs> Jalan Raya Pos. Anyone? The great, the great road. <laughs> so this is like, he traced, he traced again, like what is happening now uh, in, in that area after like almost 200 years. So he started like, uh, this is the part of this series from the Jalan Raya post where uh, he sees also like all those kind of the third or in between cities or in between space, in between the modernity and traditionalism and most of the cities along this coast actually, they are quite poor but at the same time they are quite strong in Islamic movement. So. But at the same time, they, they are quite open to the idea of uh, modernization. And in, during your everyday life, they adopt or they uh, create even improvisation from popular culture. So it's, there is particular style of adopting popular culture or folk culture in that area. So it's like this is the, the trajectory of quite long going on project by Jompet under the Phantasmagoria project. And then for this particular installation after Voices that we present here, uh, he go deeper to this notion of history after 1998. So what happened in 
uh, Indonesian society or uh, the situation of democracy after the new order fell down. It's the thing that quite uh, that makes the situation very different is actually after the new order, we have like more freedom to express what we think, and also at that time, there are lots of civic groups started to establish. So we had like lots of uh, additional. Muslim group or part of the uh, underbow of the military. So it's not really centralized by the government anymore. So everybody, they have like the right to speak up and at the same time like to form organizations was much easier. So he started to this idea of crowds and masses and how this show also the situation of tra the hysteria to reveal the trauma in many different periods of history, from the trauma from the dark history of 1965 and also what happened in 1998. So it's really like how you present the crowds as uh, part of a big story after the changing. And also the next question is what happened after the, when you, everybody has the right to speak and then everybody have the voice and it's become like noisy democracy because everybody just speak up. But is anyone really listen to what is being speak up or uh, or the content just like flying in the air? So this is the reflection to the situation after that. I think it's kind of like my general introduction. It's a bit here and there, but uh, we can be focused more into the during the conversation with the artists. So maybe uh, I want Jompet to explain a little bit why as an artist you are interested to this, you know, tracing the history. Do you have intention, for example, to write or to rewrite the version of history that being manipulated during the new order? Is that your intention to give this uh, alternative version to history as an artist? Um, uh, I will go a bit uh, further to the back. Uh, how, why I started this this project? Uh, yes, after again, sorry again to to, to say too many. Nineteen ninety eight here. Uh, yeah, after nineteen ninety eight, I think every every young people like me uh, was motivated to learn again. Uh, to the history because during during the uh, dictatorship uh, the history we got in the uh, in the school was not really um, was very selected and yes there there is a, a a massive movement among the youth to rewrite the history so I'm I was part of that movement and and then I uh, I went like f further back in in the in the Indonesia or Java in the earlier time, like in the eighth centuries or something. And then after that, I found that Indonesia has been in a constant transitions uh, for a thousand years. 
and let's say for, from Hinduism to Buddhism to Islam to colonial, and I, I found that it is it is challenging to to see how a culture that stay in a constant state of transition survive. Yes, so since then I started to collect any kind of narratives or clues or signs or uh, artifacts that, that uh, tells me a bit about how this constant transitions, a culture that is staying in a constant transition is surviving. Yeah, so um, um, I'm not, uh, I go back and forth with this, with this, with this materials. I mean, I'm, I'm open with any kind of, of uh, possibility to, to how to write the history, to rewrite the history. In my work, I don't really tend to, to make a direct statement about about the how to say uh, about the truth or something like that yeah so yeah and then and then until some point uh, I've I also found that 1990 is one of important point of another transition in Indonesia that that it is uh, creating a, 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 a big, uh, a significant change in the society that, yeah, everyone start to uh, speak and also lots of things that has not, that was not able to to be done before, it, it's, it's now done. And, yeah, one one thing that that uh, challenged me a lot is that uh, the the tendency of Indonesians to redefine uh, the uh, how the, the redefine the border between you and me, us and them, and self and others. Uh, through many different forms, like creating a groups or civic uh, organizations, uh, like religious groups, ethnic ethnic groups, or political groups, in a in a, I found in in I found it in a very very uh, genuine way, maybe. Um, yeah, and then I, I found that new social boundaries has been drawn uh, during this time, during this uh, demo Indonesian democratic era. And then also I also challenged to see, um, I also, uh, yeah, I, I have been challenged to see how, how, how this, uh, Redefinition of the social boundaries has been run through performative 
democracy, maybe, uh, maybe it's not the right term, but yeah, through the through performing uh, democracy uh, and the new social boundaries has been drowned, and sometimes it is drowned in a in a aggressive or provocative way, and it raises the social conflicts. Uh, and yes, the fact is that during this period, uh, the numbers of, of how to say, violence uh, among different groups is very uh, significantly increasing. Uh, yes, yes, I think I like to, uh, through this exhibition, I, I like to collect those, those, those narratives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think to add up to what has been mentioned by John Pat is quite interesting that there are quite big numbers or lots of uh, Indonesian contemporary artists like can, kind of like doing the same like or doing like trying to rewrite the history of Indonesia after the new order. Like for example, Efek Harsono who's doing the research on the history of the Chinese uh, community in Indonesia, or also we have uh, Tintin Wulia who's working on her personal identity also as a Chinese, or also Nindicho Adipurnomo who's doing works more to the idea of Pranakan. So it's kind of like a quite big uh, wave for the Indonesian contemporary art after 1998 to talk about history. And for me as a curator, it's quite interesting to observe how this art is actually working in many different uh, ways and they have their own methodology on this uh, effort of writing histories and collective narratives and gathering lots of uh, dark, or hidden stories that never been discussed during the new order. So I think quite interesting to see uh, how do you develop your methodology as an artist and how do you uh, like uh, start or design your artistic practice also part of this, you know, in quote historian. Because some artists maybe they would like to come to, to do the visit to the uh, for example, the massacre place, or some artists, they try to talk with the family of the victims and doing more like field works, and some other maybe doing more like literature research. And uh, how do you yourself develop your methods in rewriting history? Well, I I don't have a f formula to uh, to define how how I work. Uh, uh, yeah, I do field trip as well. I read as well. I yeah, but but one important one one of my my habit my oh, how to say uh, my common way to 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 work is that fortunately I have this collective. Uh, theater Garasi. It is, it is a collective of, of uh, theater groups, uh, uh, and the members of the collectives are coming from a different, different background: uh, writers, uh, 
performers, musicians, and different things. And then we, most of the time, we do this research uh, in a uh, collectively. So we discuss one one uh, issue, and then we we explore it uh, from many different. Uh, persons with a different approach, and then we try to accumulate this collection of of knowledge, knowledge to, and then share it, and then and then end up with a different result of art or uh, or different form of of, of product, and. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once again, in my works, mostly I I just collecting this uh, like, like this like like this installation is I just borrowing the the object or the words or the performance or, or, or artifacts that existing in the community that I feel that this this part this uh, each of them has narrative or has signs that helped me to to un maybe try to understand uh, how the things is going on. Yeah. And in that sense, how do you f choose or you, how do you select uh, which symbols that will be presented through the installations? Like, if you see the installations here, there are many different symbols that, in a way, like when the audience, they enter the exhibition space, like first thing that they saw, for example, like the, the, the flags, and then why you want to underline the flags as the symbol of the crowds, for example. And, for example, how, how do you come to to use the shoes because maybe in many there are lots of artists for example already uh, using shoes in in their works but it always uh, symbolizes different meanings like maybe many of them also refer to the shoes as the representation of victims and but this is quite different so how do you choose your symbols and which one to highlight of many different uh, stories or narratives that you already collected? Mostly instinctive. Uh, just, uh, yeah, instinctive, instinct, instinctive, and sometimes I also make mistake. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know how really uh, to formulate that. Yeah, but in particular, particularly for this project uh, in in sermon, uh, yeah, I like to to uh, share the the feeling of being in a in the midst of competition of voices. Uh, voices refers to the Indonesian. Um, uh, performative democracy, okay. and yeah, if you if you see the flags with the with the text in the installation uh, over there, 
it is a text of of civic organization anthems uh, well as as alia mentioned before that uh, after democracy came uh, there was a civic organization move uh, boom booming and then each of them uh, motivated to to make a identification of of themselves through uh, flags through through a logo or or uh, uh, through many things through many performative things and one of them is uh, anthems creating an anthems uh, and through the anthems i, I found uh, a collection of ideal concept a concept of ideal life that is uh, uh, dreamt by its group and also through the anthems i found uh, who is the enemy of of each group or how to to get the how to realize the dream and some some of the anthem are, are very uh, provocative are very aggressive also sometimes racist and yeah yeah again these anthems uh give me a bit of clues about how this new social boundaries is drowned in, yeah, it, it is very, very superficial, of course. And then the shoes, the shoes. Uh, yeah, I, I have been working with this kind of uh, figures, the ghostly figures, uh, I call it, maybe, for a while. And I think putting a shoes there is another, another variation of of this kind of figure shoes are the i think so far the shoes are the 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 most minimalist form of figures in my in my work yes yeah but yeah it is in in my work it is representing these uh crowds or well you know mass mobilization in in indonesia is very uh very common to to perform one political voices, one cultural voices, and it is very, for me, it is very provocative. Very, you know, it's very uh, not annoying. Not only annoying, but you know, it's when people is mobilized and. The identity of the individual is is uh, disappear, and you only see the identity of this group, and yeah, and the individuality is gone. Yeah, I, I mean that is the the thing that I'm very very disturbed. It's quite interesting that uh, you mentioned also this tension between the self and the collective, and the individuality and the uh, the group or the bigger society and it's it's 
interesting to connect to your own practice that uh, you also you are visual artist and you are quite strong known individually as visual artist but at the same time as you mentioned you are part of this theater garasi collective so how like you already uh, in a way you already mentioned how they are very influential to your practice but how do you see this Uh, tension between your practice as a self, as individual artist and part of the collective because like Jumpet working with Theater Garasi maybe already more than since the start like 15 years and then most of the time he involved to the performance like uh, design the stage and also like uh, doing more like even more than the visual effects is more like developing together also the content that this is also resemblance to his own practice as visual artist. But at the same time, uh, I want to ask further on how this kind of being in a theater collective or being in the performativity reality actually develop also your visual uh, sense or your visual instinct, for example. Because if you see, if you enter the exhibition space, you get this kind of sensation that you are watching a stage, like lots of movements at the same time, lots of maybe you see the ghost of the actor, but there is this kind of uh, sense of staging that quite interesting. And now in the new installation, you have also the video, where you uh, reenact the one of particular period of the history. And that's also, I think, it's kind of like uh, your strategy to use the performative action as part of your investigation. So how do you see this kind of uh, relation, connection between you as visual artist and the theater and the collective? And uh, yeah, how you, how you see this intertwin practice of visual arts and theater? Well, um, once again, I don't really have the formula of that and possibly also because, uh, well, I, don't, I didn't study art. Uh, I started to be uh, from a musician and then I learned uh, theater. I also uh, work uh, for a documentary video in the past and then, well, it's it's already mixed up in, in my practice. I, I don't really uh, aware with this kind of uh, separation. Yes. So it's kind of like, uh, I think in a way, if I observe uh, John Pett's uh, visual arts path actually even started from the performance before you enter the visual art, right? <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, it's always something there, always the idea of, as I mentioned, the staging and the performativity is really always part of uh, his installation or videos, for example, because John Pat also worked a lot with video and uh, most of the time he works with actor For example, some of the photographs that we present here, it's like a professional art actor that he works. So it's always like this, there is this uh, intimate this dialogue between the visual art and theater. I think uh, I have one last question that, I don't know, uh, now, nowadays as 
you see in Indonesia, as I mentioned also, that there are lots of artists that are trying to understand history better. Maybe the first time to answer their own curiosity on the history, but at the same time also to spread out also the idea of alternative history or the history that being written not by the status quo, but written by, for example, the victim. So in a way, I feel like this kind of act or effort to rewrite history always refers to the statement how artists always wants to be part of political movements in Indonesia. Like there is always strong desire to be part of like this uh, social political area. Some artists maybe they will represent the social political issues and their works and some other maybe they're interested to be part of the real organization and uh, they, they are part of this kind of uh, movement. Like we have some collective that is really uh, work with uh, laborers or farmers, like maybe some of you, you are quite familiar with Taring Padi, for example. So in your practice, how do you define your relation to politics? How do you feel like you want to to be part of this kind of activism? Do you feel like artists they have in in the context of Indonesian today? Do you feel that artists they have to have like political statement? Uh, uh, well, um, one thing that uh, always in in my mind is that. Uh, uh, yeah, like like you mentioned before, that in Indonesia now, uh, in in the middle of this cacophony, uh, cacophony um, democracy, um, the first thing that you have to be aware is that when you are when you're trying to to speak something, uh, you have to be really aware. Uh, are you? Is it going to be uh, hurt by how, how how to make it to be hurt by this very busy uh, democracy, <laughs> and also uh, also I'm always afraid that when I speak something, possibly it will only add the noises that uh, that is already going on so I try to be to take a quite distance uh, with uh, uh, with uh, how to say with the uh, reality with a uh, not really with a uh, with uh, oh my god I don't know how to say um, Yeah, I I I like to to take a bit distance to uh, to anything maybe <laughs> to everything. So in order to take distance, for example, do you think that uh, in the next futures, do you want to still working on these ideas or uh, exploring what is happening in Indonesia, or you might be talking? in a more like general or abstract or <coughs> universal issues? How do you want to proceed your 
of course, <laughs> of course, I I open with any kind of possibility, but also I think uh, I always believe that what happened in Indonesia is not uh, is not uh, uh, a standalone reality. It is it is related to the reality outside and it is also give impact to the outside or got impact from from the outside and uh, yeah i always believe that and uh, yeah and at the moment we have lots of word lots of thing to discuss about about the world and yeah and i I like to to share what happened in Indonesia at the moment. I'm, I live in Indonesia and I I travel I travel, but mostly like like what I'm doing here in in, in Sydney. I I I'm here for two two weeks and most of the time I I just stay inside the gallery installing my work. And I <laughs> my experience about about Australia is uh, not enable me to to say something about Australia. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, it's a wonderful show, and thank you, Alia, for curating and also providing us with a very comprehensive overview. My question is probably somewhat linked to the last statement. Um, you know, with, with your body of work, do you have any view or interest in exploring, in, or in fact you might have done that in the past in terms of um, collaborating with other artists and, and perhaps non-Indonesian artists in, in, uh, along the theme of what we've been discussing? Thank you. Okay. Uh, let me uh, recall. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay. My practice is sometimes driven unfairly. I mean, sometimes I have to do a project because of uh, uh, one one uh, power that direct me to go to go there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, sometimes I, I I'm in that situation. Uh, yeah, sometimes I I also at the same time I I have to say that sometimes I don't have independency to decide. Uh, uh, what 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 to do <laughs> in in my project, and yes, I ha I have some experience in working with uh, collaboratively with uh, different artists from uh, different countries. Like I work with uh, a choreographer, a Japanese choreographer, to create this. Dance performance based on Japanese novels. Uh, 
Um, I also work with a bit with Australian artists as well. But uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't really get the, the, the main point of the question. Yeah, but that's answer already, yes. right? Oh. Because he asked if you are like, open to this collaboration with artists from different countries. Yes, yes. I, I, I also, yeah, I also... Maybe you need to stay like six months in Australia to start collaboration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a question about your work specifically, like this one where you're talking about ghost figures. I love the way the um, body is missing in them. Um, the ball, the body is missing. You've got the feet, and then you've got the drum for the body. I, I think it's the body. I don't know. Um, and inside, um, you've got the the hands, the dismembered hands. I'd love to know more about these um, works that have got ghost figures. And I noticed there were guns in the back of the Ghost of War or War of Ghost. If you could just talk specifically about some of your work. Yeah, I have been working with these ghost figures for, for a while. And that is my impression to, to the notion of... Uh, uh, a culture that is staying in a constant state of transition. So, uh, yeah, I, as a body, I found that, that Indonesian uh, culture is l not really well defined. It because it keeps changing. Uh, it is not. Uh, yeah, it the the cultural statement is always is always uh, twisting or uh, never settle, never settle in a fixed uh, in a firm cultural statement. Let's say the modernism in Indonesia is the history of modernism in Indonesia is very different from modernism in 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 the in the place where. It, it was uh, started, and such thing to, for Indonesian context is from Hinduism to uh, Buddhism to Islam, and it then creates another form of Islam that is supposedly to be very, very, very how to say it's it's not Islam <laughs> or it's. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in this kind of, in this, in this kind of feeling, you know, in this kind of feeling that is always staying in a, in between, in a constant in between, you know, liminal space. Liminal space that it, yeah, so it's like a ghost that is sometimes come up, sometimes no, sometimes visible, sometimes no sometimes coming in a very different form. Um, I think I'm continuing the same line of questioning about the current exhibition. First of all, the source of the videos, I've had a little look, and I think they must be about the time of the transition from the old order, but maybe if you could tell us something about the, you know, what are we seeing there. It seems to be mostly military acting towards you know, the citizens. 
and the hands. I can understand that the microphones are voicing those voices you talk about and the flags, are, I've read some of them and they seem to be mostly political. I don't see, you know, young people doing their Facebook stuff. I see mostly <laughs> political parties. But, but what are the hands doing? And I have a final question, sorry, which is a bit, I don't know, it, it's a bit problematic, I suppose. I'm very much in sympathetic with, with what you do and of course that's what I, I look at in Indonesia. But there is a bit of a, um, an issue, I think, if galleries here um, pick up things about the problems in Indonesia um, and the artists are responding to that and, and we see Indonesia as a place full of turmoil and change and all of that stuff, then the, I've heard young people say, uh, Indonesia isn't cool. It isn't like, you know, Korea. Where they, <laughs> or, and for us who teach Indonesian studies, you know, the, 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 it, it doesn't have that kind of... Um, global, I mean, is, is, there, is there some problem or, or issue about presenting work that shows the problems in Indonesia? I, 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 I mean, as I said, it's, it's not me criticising, it's just me raising <laughs> that issue. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, First of all, the specific ones, they're more important. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Um, yeah, the video, uh, the the battle-like video, is actually is this a reenactment of uh, one event in the in the Indonesian history in 1949. It is a military uh, action that was commanded by Suharto, and it was actually a small small event in the history but it has been glorified and celebrated by Suharto during his, his uh, reigning power and yeah, to legitimate his heroic contribution to the country. And, and I was quite surprised that a, f a group of young people a few years ago started to initiate this reenactment, the reenactment of this uh, event, and I was very curious about uh, the the background of of this idea. Uh, so I started to yeah to just to, 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 to be part of this reenactment, and I found that they are not really critical to the to the to the problem uh, to have this reenactment. Uh, they don't really aware uh, that they are glorifying Suharto. And they are also a youth that is uh, exposed by this information that, uh, that this history is actually not really, not really true. I mean, yeah. yeah. And yeah, most of them actually come uh, to participate this event just for fun, for yeah, for like 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 in a costume party, <laughs> and again it it adds the complicity of how to rewrite the Indonesian history. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think the the re world reenactment is 
is one narrative about 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 that and then the other question question is about yeah there are many things to say about indonesia of course <laughs> and uh, um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, that, that's all. I think I would like to comment to the second question. Like, remind me of some critical reviews from the last Venice Biennale by Okwi, for example, because there are some people criticize the Biennale as like the collection of the world's tragedy. Like, it's, it seems like you come to the exhibitions and you see all these very sad stories from all over the world. But I think, like, if we go back to uh, John Pett's installation or in a way of his explanation what he has been done and what his concerns to what happened in Indonesia. As an Indonesian, sometimes I feel being in that situation is not only being seen as a problem. I mean, in a way, it's, there is the beauty of being in chaotic and conflict. <laughs> that, and because it's constantly happening, then that's maybe the parade and the carnival is our way to celebrate. So I feel like maybe some people see that more like uh, sad stories, tragedies of something dark, but in a way, if you live there and you enjoy, or if you experience the life there, the, the life there then it's become <laughs> additional <laughs> speaker. <laughs> then it's become, yeah, as I mentioned, it's, there is the beauty of being in that situation. That, that's why also I think there is always uh, problems or issues to be discussed all the time in the contemporary art, and it's very valuable things to our contemporary society. Uh, John Pitts partly answered my question. It was about the video. Um, I, you know, video and um, moving image has the perception that it's closer to reality. And as Leah was saying, um, you use actors and a lot of your video is staged and um, even speaking about the reenactment. Um, but yet there's this sort of um, sense of documentary by um, layering it within that historical context. So I just wanted to, for you to dig a little bit deeper about those kinds of layering and playing with contemporary reality and history through, through video, which is such a powerful medium. Okay, I'm going to give my apologies. Uh, I arrived home from overseas this morning, uh, this afternoon, late, late morning, and I got home and I had such terrible cramps from, and my whole world went round, and uh, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get here. Uh, finally, I had to look after my body. So apologies, I know Danielle's introduced you, John Pet. I haven't even said hello. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> There was no other way of, of my doing this uh, other than tightening the schedule uh, the way I have done. Um, I, I hope you've enjoyed this. I know Alia's uh, speaking from uh, a recent... Uh, uh, oh, 
Oh, oh, this is, uh, this is miracle. And she's not allowed to go near the shoes. Brian, just hang on to her. That was the condition that she was allowed to come. <laughs> no interference with the installation. Um, <laughs> we went um, uh, to, with the Tate. Uh, the, uh, uh, I'm co-chairing now the Asia-Pacific Acquisitions Committee, um, and uh, we go on a research trip every year somewhere. And about two years ago, Alia, we went uh, to Indonesia, and Alia was our uh, sort of on-the-ground guide. There were about ten of us from all over Asia, uh, some very serious collectors, some intellectuals, some... Uh, museum people, a variety, and Alia's knowledge of Indonesian art, I mean, she lives uh, the life of the artists. Uh, I don't know whether you sense that from the talk, but she's not just looking at the art, she's absolutely living the life. Uh, eating with the artists, dining with them, talking to them. It's an ongoing conversation. So we feel very lucky to have you, Alia. And John Pitt, uh, we met during that visit, remember? Yes, we were with uh, Leo Shi, who's one, a member of our committee, who's a major collector in Taiwan and uh, knows John Pitt's work very, very well. Um, <coughs> and I think... Um, this installation for me is a bit of a shock, I have to say. I wasn't involved with the uh, actual final moments of the installation, but as you can see from these images, the work that I've seen of John Pitts before and that you can see here, uh, th those works are more formalised. They're stricter and they are not as chaotic. And I came in just as Alia was talking about chaos, <laughs> <laughs> and I can really see uh, what we saw in Indonesia in this work. It, it's, it's really rooted in the society, this particular work. It's not as um, kind of... Um, it, 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 the other works draw out the essence of what John Pitt wants to say, and it's a kind of distilled essence, whereas this work, you're in the heart of it. You're right in the middle of the chaos with the noise and the drumming and the speaking and the moving image and the history, as John Pitt was describing, and the present and the different voices and the shoes. And so, um, in a way, it reflects my experience there. <laughs> Very, with the motorbikes <laughs> and the honking. Um, so I, I think we had a group of uh, kids from Sydney Grammar School uh, came yesterday and John Pitt, you spoke to them and they were in heaven, the kids, you can imagine. As they walked in, suddenly the drums went and the lights flashed and uh, all the rest of it. So uh, the hands clapped um, so enjoy, and uh, the catalogue is, I hope you're happy with it. It yeah. is, you know, we've done 32, 30, uh, 32 35 catalogues to date. And I try each time, and we have a team of people working on these catalogues, really we put an enormous amount into everything, but the catalogues are 
very important yeah. part. And I can't rem I think this is the best one we've done. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. And we've done some very special ones. It just echoes the work, yeah. doesn't yeah. it, Alia? Yeah. Yeah. It's got the colour, it's got the movement, it's got the feel of John Pett's work. So thank John Pett and Ali. Apologies from me, but I'm on my two feet, which I wasn't a little earlier. Thanks so much. Okay. Have a party now. <laughs>